You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. The enemy tried to shut down the church. Tried to shut down the church, tried to silence the church. But when Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail. When he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail, those words have been echoing, have been echoing. And so every time the enemy might come try and, and, and take away or shut down or, 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 or silence the church, those words continue to echo through eternity that no, the gates of hell will not prevail and Jesus will build his church. And so here we are, bigger, stronger than ever. Come on, somebody. I just love how, you know, we go into quarantine and our church doesn't shrink back. Our church doesn't paralyze in, in fear. Instead, we buy a building. We're just like, oh, okay, we'll just buy a building. So, like, take that, devil. When we come back, we're going to be in our own digs. We got a new pair of shoes, everybody. Let's go. <laughs> Yes, and I'm telling you, it'll be fun because pretty much every week we'll be having some different upgrades as we, you know, you know, pipe and drape and, and different things. You know, one Sunday you're just going to show up and the stage is going to be over there so we can fit more people in the room. Like, it's, you know, it's just continue to, you know, and, and our kids area is, uh, is just flying. Just amazing. Give it up for, let our kids, let our kids uh, workers hear, hear you shout at them. Just say, woo, 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 come on. We got kids' church happening. Uh, my, my daughter, she was just so pumped. She was like, I don't know if I'm more excited for, ch- for school tomorrow or church today. She's like, I've missed church. I'm like, I know, sweetie, me too. She's like, I love Wednesdays because we, we worship and we pray. She's like, but we don't have kids' church yet. And I just miss my friends and I miss my teachers. And I'm like, let's go. And, uh, and I'm telling you, this morning even, or was it last night, we put our kids down to, to bed. And Becca, here's our youngest, Sadie, praying in her room all by herself just praying. And I'm telling you, that's not just because they're pastor's kids. That's because they're in a church that teaches faith, that gets them excited about the word of God. Come on. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, the title of my message this morning is the most important place on earth. The most important place on earth. Uh, That is right here. That is right here, Isaiah chapter Isaiah chapter two. I'm going to start in verse one, and uh, we're going to we're going to read the first four verses. But just between you and me, I don't know if we're going to really be able to get through uh, all of these four verses because there's so much jammed in here, uh, and it's just going to be a timing thing. But bear with me, uh, Isaiah chapter two, starting in the first verse, it says, "This is a vision that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem." In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on 
earth. And it will be raised above all other hills, and, uh, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and, he will, and we will walk in his paths, for the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war any more. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for a church that operates in faith, for a church that doesn't shrink back, but that stands up and takes ground. Lord, I thank you for our pastors, Jurgen and Leanne. Lord, I thank you for the covering and the anointing that they carry. And I thank you for the vision over Salt Lake City, Utah. I thank you that we're just getting started, that we're going to see a great awakening in this city, in this state, that we're going to see people's eyes opened, lives transformed, healed, and restored. And I thank you for Sunday morning. I thank you for church as we gather together. And I thank you for this facility. Lord, it's a miracle that we're standing in. And we praise and we honor you for it. And we thank you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on. All righty then. (laughs) She spoke it into existence. (laughs) All righty then. I just, I've missed it, guys. I've just missed it. Heidi Nathaniel, like, what are you doing right now? This is Jim Carrey's before your time. You don't know Jim. You don't know Jim Carrey. Fist like a glove. Okay. I have a small garage, and every time I, like, because I got a pole in the middle of it, right? And so every time I get in, I, like, have to, like, and, and literally every single time I get in, in my mind, I go, Fist like a glove. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah saw this, this vision, and my translation uh, is, is the NLT, and it's, it's just so you know it's not, it's not the best. Just throwing that out there. Uh, it's just, I like it. But it says, in my translation, it says, this is a vision that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. But your translation might read, uh, the word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw. Which is a better translation. It's more, it's more accurate to what was actually penned. The word that Isaiah saw. Now, it's important because you need to understand that the word of God is unlike any other word that you'll ever hear. This is a word that the prophet saw. It's a word that he saw. See, other words are like ideas. They're, they're maybe thoughts. But, but, but the word of God is above any other word. It's not simply a thought. And that's not simply an idea. It actually has substance to it. You can see it. You can build on top of it. You can exist in it and through it. The word of God is, is substantial and it has action. See, it's not just a word that you would hear maybe from CNN or Fox. It's not a word that you might hear from your boss or your banker. It's not a word that you might hear from the doctors or, or, or some 
somebody that might have some level of authority or a degree, and they might talk, they might give a word, but the word of God and the word of God alone is the word of God that is, has, has action and has substance and has meaning, and it won't return void, and it comes true every single time. And so when Isaiah got a word from God, it was a word that he could see. It was a word that he could see. God's word has, is something that creates and develops and it builds. That's why it's so important that we get the word of God in us. We're not simply downloaded, downloading knowledge. We're not simply learning about a religion. We're not learning about some book. We're getting God's word in us and it begins to develop us. It begins to create something new inside of us. We begin to see things differently because the word of God is a word of substance and material. Verse 2 says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. Now, I've been to Israel, and many of you, I'm prophesying, are going to come with us in 2021, right? Let's bring, like, I would love to bring, like, 50 of us. Like, let's just go. We'll have, we'll have a whole, like, travel van of, a, like, of Salt Lake campus peeps. Can we do that? How fun would that be? And when we go in 2021, and you're all coming in Jesus' name, when we come, and I'm telling you, here's why. Here's why. This is important. Because when you, and many of you have already done it, and, and if you have done it, then that only makes you know that you got to go back, right? Because you can't just do it one time. And, uh, and, when you go and you get to walk where Jesus walked, you stand where he stood, you're on the sea that he walked on. And the whole thing just begins to get like, this happened. Like I always knew it happened, but it happened and it happened here. Like this is, anyways. But when you go with us and we go to the, the, the temple grounds and when you go to where the temple mount is, on Mount Moriah, what you'll notice is that Mount Moriah is not the highest place. Not in the world and not in Israel. It's actually fairly low. So, I'm, we're from Utah. Those are mountains. Mount Moriah, it's a hill. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hill, okay? It's, it's no mountain. So is, is, is the prophet confused? Is he delusional? The mountain of God will be the highest of all. No, he's not. You see, the prophet is, is, is speaking metaphorically, and he's seeing something both that is and is to come. He's seeing something that, that, in, that in, in, in his mind, he couldn't even really like understand what this word of God was that he got that he was seeing. He, it, was, it was like he, he, he saw it, but he couldn't quite understand it. He saw that there would be a time when, when the word of God, where the presence of God would not be restricted to one place on one hill for one group of people. He saw a place he, 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 because he understood that he didn't, he didn't know how it was all going to happen, but, but he knew that there was something that was going to shift. There was something that was going to change. And, and, and what happened eventually was that God would actually step out of heaven. That God would actually step out of heaven and come down to earth. And, and when he stepped out of heaven and stepped out of earth, he would come to this mountain. 
to this mountain, the same mountain that Abraham would have come up to and put his son on the altar, ready to, to sacrifice his firstborn, his one and only son. He was about to, the promise, he was about to sacrifice because God was telling him to do so and he was in obedience, raised a knife and was about on this very mountain, was about to, to and all of a sudden there was a way where there wasn't a way before and a ram came and the angel of the Lord said, no, don't, don't do that. I've prepared a sacrifice. And on that same mountain, Jesus would step out of heaven and Jesus would come on and take our place. As the, and he would hang on that cross, on that Mount Moriah, and then the veil would be torn that separated his people from God. That that veil would be torn and everything would shift and everything would change. And so no longer would this be just for one group of people on one hill for, for in one city, but it would now change and there would be a shift. And now the temple of God would be each and every one of us. But Isaiah didn't know he just saw it. He just saw it, but he, he couldn't quite put words to it. And, and, and many scholars would tell you that this passage of Scripture is a prophecy of the coming, the second coming Messiah, when Jesus would come and he would rule and reign for a thousand years, and they'd be right. But that doesn't mean that this, that this prophecy doesn't have relevance today because, because, you see, it's not just that he's going to reign and rule for realsies on the planet, like here in physical, right, for a thousand years, like that's going to go down. But also, come on somebody, just as the Apostle Paul says, that do you not know that you are altogether the temple of the living God, that the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives inside of you? Do you not know that you are the temple of God? which means that you are this place that the prophet was speaking about when he says that there will be a day when the temple, when the, when the mountain of God would rise above all other mountains. He's talking about us. He's talking about the church, the bride, the bride. All right, let's get this thing going. Here we go. How much time do I have? 10 minutes? Perfect. All right. Isaiah is prophesying that we would be the most important place on earth, that we would have influence, that there would be a high level of influence that the church carries. Quickly, let me just tell you that if the church doesn't stand up and be what God has intended it to be, we won't carry influence because the world will look at us and go, that doesn't seem important. That doesn't seem important. It doesn't seem relevant. It doesn't seem excellent. It doesn't seem like something that I want to be a part of. But when the church actually begins to develop what it's supposed to be and actually step out into its calling as the bride of Christ, when we actually understand that we are the temple of God, that his presence live in, lives inside of us, and that we all come together and declare his word and declare who he is, that's when we are elevated above all other hills, above of all other mountains and we have the influence we carry the influence that we're supposed to carry as the temple of the living God and that's when we see things begin to shift and begin to change all right I'm gonna have to hurry up so I'm gonna skip through some stuff here It will be raised above all other hills in other words that there's no other authority there is no other authority that has more authority than the church. Now, somebody would say, excuse me. 
excuse me, but what about the separation of church and state? The church has no right to come and start telling me, can I just tell you, it's going to be funny when Jesus comes and rules and reigns for a thousand years and demolishes church and state because he alone is king of kings and lord of lords. Don't tell me that we don't have inf- that we shouldn't have influence in government. Don't tell me we shouldn't have influence in the Supreme Court. Don't tell me that we as believers of Jesus shouldn't seek to have influence in our country and in our world. Don't tell me that we should have separation of church and state because Jesus would not agree. And then somebody said, but you're not Jesus, Vince. You're right. I'm his ambassador. I'm his ambassador. He lives inside of me. And if if you've accepted him into your heart, if he lives in you, then you're his ambassador. And that means that, yes, Jesus is king, and the kingdom of God is at hand. And it's time for you and I to step out into every sphere, to every place that we go, whether it's at work, at school, whatever it is that we're doing. We should be elevated, that people should look at us because of how we carry ourselves, our kindness, our powerful words, our wisdom, our excellence, that people should look at us and go, wow, this person carries influence. I want to be like them. And then we're like, yeah, Jesus is my Lord. He's my King. And they're like, wow, because that's what this, this is how this is supposed to work. That's how this is supposed to work. That the people of God have the highest influence of anybody in the land. Why? Because we are raising the standard to the standard of heaven. The standard of heaven. Now let me keep going here. It says, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. Now, I know a little bit about how water flows, how streams work. And here's what I know. I know that streams flow from high places not two high places. It's gravity. Right? Streams don't flow up, they flow down. All the time. Sea level, low. (laughs) Stream, higher, flowing down. Right? I had to Google it to make sure I was right. I'm just kidding. There's been something that's happened in the church over the last several, maybe 20 years, maybe longer, where the church has decided that we need to come down, that we need to lower our level of truth, that we need to dilute in order to not offend, that we need to drop our bar of morality, that we need to try to not rustle any feathers and say something that someone might be offended by. And so we've come way down here in order to, in an attempt to meet people. I think the heart was, was good. But here's the thing, Jesus already did that. Jesus already stepped out of heaven. That's not your job. A lot of times the church starts acting like it's our job to save souls. Friend, that's not our job, that's his job. 
You and I will never convince somebody to follow Jesus. And if we do, it won't last very long. It's the Holy Spirit that draws people to him. It's our job to be at the height of influence. It's our job to stand on the word of God, for his word to be our authority, for his word to be on our mouth and to to preach and declare and speak it in every place, in every sphere, no matter where we are. We are supposed to be the church. And when we do that, we will be eligible and what you'll see is the Holy Spirit will begin to draw people and we will see a harvest of souls flowing up, flowing up, flowing up to the temple of the Lord, flowing up. Yes, it defies gravity. Yes, it's countercultural. Yes, it's different than anything you might have seen before, but this is how it's supposed to be, that there would be a flowing upward. Thank you. Sorry about that. And as the church begins to flow upward, as the church begins to flow upward, as we see this valley and we start to see souls, literally I can see it in my mind, as souls will just begin to flow up towards Jesus, up towards his word, the standard of living, the the way that we operate would begin to increase and we begin to be better people. We begin to be stronger people, stronger marriages, stronger relationships, better with finance, better raising our children higher our business will be better our parenting will be better everything about us will be better why because we're not compromising anymore but we're actually raising the standard on our life and in the life of the people around us and there's a flow upwards to Jesus and he's drawing people to him and then we become the most important place on earth why because It's where the word of God is preached, undiluted, uncompromised, with all authority that it's supposed to have. How much time do I have? A minute and a half? Perfect. The Lord's teachings will go out from Zion and his word will go out from Jerusalem. Jesus. Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He made his home among us. Jesus is the Word. Hear it, awaken. We believe that there is nothing more important than the Word of God because it is his word that carries all authority. It is his word that we live by, that we operate in. There is no other word that we care about. People might have opinion, and we will lovingly love them, but we will not compromise on the word of God. We will not compromise on his word in an effort to not offend, to try to keep. Listen, Becca and I are shepherds. We're shepherds. We protect, we guide, we don't control. If someone gets upset because we're standing on this, I love you. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to compromise. The Word of God is powerful. Because from the Word of God comes vision for your life. From the word of God comes promises that you can stand on. 
from the word of God comes healing and freedom. From the word of God, the blind can see, the deaf can hear, the dead can be raised. But Vince, they said this. I know, but the word of God says this. But Vince, the doctors are saying this. I understand that. But the word of God says this. And that's what I choose to stand on. And when we stand on the word of God, we become the most important place on earth because in the word of God is all truth. In the word of God comes healing and deliverance and freedom and salvation. Freedom from addiction, freedom from bondage, freedom, freedom from, from sin and disease. The word of God is life and life abundant. The word of God comes provision and prosperity. From the word of God comes hope and restoration. From the word of God comes every single thing that our, that our broken world is starving for and in desperate need of. And so yes, we'll stand on his word. Yes, we will proclaim it, teach it, and believe it. And yes, as we do that, we will be the most important place on earth. And we are essential. We won't be shut down. We will be elevated. draw people up, we'll draw people up, we'll draw people up, we'll draw people up, and then when they get here, they're going to be developed, and they're going to be empowered, and they're going to be encouraged to be released, and so there's going to be a flow, a flow like this, coming into the house, being sent out, coming into the house, being sent out, as his word would be unleashed into West Jordan, and South Jordan, and downtown, and Glendale, and Salt Lake City, and Sandy, and Harriman, all across our city, the Word of God. Come on. We're the most important place on earth. Not because of us, but because of Him. Not because of us, but because of Him. Now maybe you're here this morning and you're like, that's cool. That seems exciting. Listen, I'm an emotional person, okay? So I'm, I apologize, sometimes I get emotional when I preach and I think that there's emotion in, you know, it's, I'm passionate about it, but I need you to know that this is not just hype and emotion. This is the presence of God. This is the word of God. And if you don't know what that's like, if you've never experienced Jesus in your life, if you've never welcomed him to be king of your life, I want to give you that opportunity this morning to do that. And so if you're here and you want to say, I want to receive Jesus, I want to accept him as my Lord and my Savior, on the count of three, I just want you to put your hand up. Ready? One, two, three. Put your hand up. If that's you, if there's even one, come on. Praise God. Praise God. That means all of you are saved which is good news, which is good news. It also means that you better bring your friend who's not next week, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing more important than Jesus.
He loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Maybe, maybe through this quarantine, there's just been, it's just been kind of a dry season. Maybe all of the stuff, all of the news and all of the drama has maybe got to you a little bit. Maybe you're carrying some, some angst, some, some unrest. Maybe you're bitter at some people or some things. Maybe you've allowed addiction that maybe you got free from before. It came back in this time of quarantine and isolation. Maybe you're just, if you're honest, you're just not doing that great. I want to just pray, Lord, pray for you. And if you would be so bold as to maybe admit that that, that was, that's been you, just raise your hand. There you go. Yeah, me too. I've had my moments. I've had some Beck and I had a moment in like late June, early June, May, April, May. Who knows? All of those months. We were like, we got to get out of this funk. We got to shake this off. So if that's you, I just want to pray. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God. Lord, right now, I just see you. Your spirit is moving in this place. You're ministering to your children, your sons and your daughters, who you deeply love. And I thank you, Jesus, that no weapon formed against them would prosper, that you've seen the the enemy crafting his weapon, sharpening his tool to try and take out your son, to try to take out your daughter, But even though you allowed him to forge that weapon, you smirked, understanding that it would not penetrate, that it would not destroy, because you would intervene. And so right now, I pray, Father God, that the shield of faith would be risen up on all of your sons and all of your daughters. And Lord, that every fiery arrow from the enemy would fall short. Lord, I thank you for encouraging your people this morning. Lord, for instilling in them faith, hope, and love. Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that even now you're redeeming and restoring, that addiction is being broken by the mighty power of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord. It's falling down. It's falling down. It's falling down in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that you're restoring relationships that there's been bitterness that has been causing divide and and tension in the relationship, but I see the Holy Spirit mending it. He's mending it. He's putting it back together. He's restoring it. I I see God coming through with provision, with provision of finance and increase, promotions in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, God. Creative ideas. I thank you, God, that capacities are getting bigger, that you've used this season to sharpen your kids. You've shaved off some things, you've pruned some things, and as they step in and step out in faith, you've, you've put them on this place, you put them in this, on this planet for a reason. You put them on, in, their, in their workplace for a reason. And I pray, Father God, that they would step out into increase, they would step out in faith, that they would not be shy about your word and what you're telling them to do. I thank you, Jesus. 
I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God. Lord, right now we lift up every person who's been affected by COVID-19. We pray for healing by the mighty power of Jesus. And we pray that that virus dies in the mighty power of Jesus. That it has come this far and it will come no further. I thank you, God, that it must die in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Father. Lord, for Roy in, 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 in uh, Boise right now, I thank you, God, that you're healing him. I thank you that it's a miracle from heaven. Lord, that the doctors are surprised and amazed at the supernatural power of God. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God. I thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God. We love you, God. And everybody said amen. Give God a hand. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.